Hour number two, Dale and Holly, Sports Radio WEEI. Jerry Thornton, our third man in, is in the house with us. Good to see you again. Good to be back, guys. I'm going to set aside the cracks about my eye makeup yesterday as I was driving over to the garden, listening <laughs> to you two lads, as I always do. We were coming How- from a place of love, Dale. You don't need the makeup. You know, just be you. Trust me, I just- need as much as they can <laughs> dole out. Now, don't people always say, you guys work four hours a day? Yeah, they do. Wow, it's a, it's a good life. Yeah. Right? yeah. What do you say about a guy who works two hours a day? Wow. I mean, he can't yeah. crack about. He can't crack he's a on lucky anybody. Guy. Yeah, that's Two right. He's giving me a hard time. It, it's killing John Dennis. I think that's the reason he's <laughs> sick. I think he just can't stand it. Let's uh, talk some hockey with our buddy Jack Edwards, the TV voice of the Boston Bruins on Nesson. Jack is brought to you by Shaw's Supermarkets. Hello, Jack. How are you? Well, considering that I just learned that Adam McQuaid's going to be out six to eight weeks with a broken thumb, not good. <laughs> well, I had a feeling we were headed in that direction. That's what the Bruins have now announced, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, just hit the web, and uh, I mean, like literally, like two minutes ago. So, yeah, this is. Uh, <laughs> well, did, did, did Johnny Boychuk like put a Babe Ruth piano at the bottom of the pond curse <laughs> on the Bruins on his way out of town or something? I mean, what is up? Boy, and and Adam McQuaid especially. If if it weren't for bad luck, he'd have none at all, given the way the last couple of years have gone. Well, yeah, no doubt, but, you know, I mean, think about how this season has progressed, all right? You know, McQuaid was sort of fighting for a job when he came to camp. Last night when he got hit in the hand and didn't grip his right, you know, his, his uh, stick with his right hand for the rest of the time, uh, he was on the top pair. <laughs> so, so, hello, Zach Trotman. You know that trip down to Providence? You're coming right back. Oh my goodness! Well, I was just going to ask you about that, Jack. I, mean, I remember a couple of years ago, it was during the playoffs or right before the playoffs. Uh, the Bruins had some issues with their defensemen. That's when we were introduced to uh, Barkowski and Krug, and they both had uh, big performances in the postseason, especially Krug. Do you see anything like that happening now? I mean, they really are being uh, pressed with Boychuk being traded and Zdeno Chara being hurt, and now Adam McQuaid being out for a couple of months. Uh, do you see anybody coming up the pipeline who you're excited about? Well, you know, Joe Morrow's done okay. He's still making mistakes, but he's he's done okay. He hasn't shied from contact. And uh, uh, Zach Trotman is doing pretty well. And, uh, you know, <laughs> a week ago, wasn't I predicting the end of uh, Matt Bartkowski's days as a Boston Bruin? And it's amazing how Claude Julian sat him for seven games. And in that period, Barkowski didn't just stand still. He got a lot better because in the last two games, I mean, I'm not ready to nominate him for the uh, for the Norris Trophy. Don't worry about that. But, I mean, the guy has played much, much better in the last two games. So the coaching staff's doing something right. And, uh, and thank goodness for Bruins fans' sake that it is because without being able to coach these guys up on the fly, you know, this season could already be a disaster. Anticipated my first question, which is the the Matt Bartkowski we saw getting benched a couple of weeks ago, is that more of what we should expect, or is it the Bartkowski we saw diving all over the ice last night and making plays? Well, you know, he had to make those diving plays because he got beaten on the plays. He and his partner got a little confused a couple times, but that's going to happen. That, that happens with veteran defensemen. It happens more often with young defensemen. Uh, the big question with Bartkowski is coverage, uh, which uh, was a real problem in the uh, the first part of this year before the seven-game benching, and uh, also the occasional uh, hope pass that gets picked off in a bad part of the ice. And that's 
that's really a, a problem with Morrow still, but uh, but he's learning, and uh, and Barkowski's learning. It's you know it's part of the maturation process in what Michael Holly will tell you is the hardest position to play in all of sports. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. I've, I've I've made this argument on and on. You've just you have just taken up the you've taken the torch from me and you run with it. This is my yeah, argument well, initially. I'm, I'm happy to carry it for you, Michael. You know I I feel honored by it, but uh, it's the. Uh, I, I think the new Barkowski is, is a lot more of uh, what you're going to see going forward. And uh, really, as I was driving home after the game last night, I, I'm just uh, I'm so impressed with the ability of the staff to coach a guy up in a period of two weeks and to change his game so thoroughly, uh, to take a guy whose confidence was shattered and who is just making bad play after bad play and getting beaten all over the ice and turn him into a, a solid, reasonable defenseman who sucked up some big minutes last night when McQuaid went down. So it's you know, another tip of the cap to Claude Julian and his staff and, and Doug Huda and the, the way the guys are working with him. You know, not only did I think last night was one of the Bruins' most impressive wins of the season against a very, very good team, and as you pointed out on the telecast, came in winning 10 of their previous 11, but I saw Tuka Rask. Maybe yeah. for the first time this season, I saw Tuka Rask. Yeah, yeah. You know, he made that save in the third period that I thought uh, at first blush that he was falling down. And he was actually reversing his back leg and flipping his left pad around parallel to the ice to block the tumbling puck. He was so on last night. That was Vezina Rask. And um, maybe it just took a crisis for him to, uh, to find that. But he has been working every day at the morning skates. We've been seeing him come out early and do fundamental work. You know, some days it's just the hands. Some days it's just the feet. Some days it's just the slides. But it's almost as if he sent himself to goalie camp and he has tuned up his game. And uh, since the disaster in Toronto, uh, he has much more focused and, uh, and he's looking much better. Man, he faced some really tough chances last night. St. Louis, as you said, Dale, that is a really good team. And, you know, it's funny, our, our Nesson poll during the game was who's going to win the Central Division. It's almost irrelevant because St. Louis is going to make the playoffs, and this St. Louis team is not necessarily be, uh, built to, uh, to win a regular season division title. They'll compete for it, certainly, but they are built for a deep playoff run because they are big, they're pretty fast, they're really physical when they need to be, and their skill level is just out of sight. You know, that, that Tarasenko, man, that kid can get off a shot when he's going through Grand Central Station and still find a way to get through the crowd. You know, Jack, uh, Dale was supposed to be doing the post-game show on Saturday. He turned it into the instigators. He was the instigator <laughs> uh, starting a fight between Billy Jaffe and Gord Kluzak. And, and the subject was this disallowed goal in the, in the Carolina game. Where do you stand on that, and does it make any sense to you? Because I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't get it. You know, um, the, the whole thing with, with disallowed goals and, and whether the puck's dead and whether the referee sees interference, uh, I, I've sort of come full circle on it, and I just I take whatever judgment the referees have. And I was wondering to myself last night if I'm mellowing with old age instead of just getting really bent out of shape. No, that's really, not true. That, <laughs> thank you. That makes me feel better, Dale. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward uh, just going with the referee's judgment, and maybe I'm clouded by my stand on the argument 
for more video replay because I am absolutely against it. I, I, I just so can't stand it in the NFL when Bill Belichick pulls the red flag out of his sock because they go to break and they take like a two-minute break. Well, you, you can't do that in hockey. You know, we've got three 90-second breaks per period. It's one of the things that makes the game so riveting. And, and to slow things down, and I know the goal is to get things right, but what would you have on talk radio if you didn't have things to get all bent out of shape about, right? I mean, it's what fuels talk radio. And last night, yeah, it looked like a goal. It looked like Fraser had deflected the puck before he ever came into contact with Brian Elliott. But, I don't know, I've, I've sort of learned to live with uh, whatever the referees say and, and whatever Toronto says and sort of swallow it and, and move forward. All right, who uh, the hell are you and what did you do with Jack Edwards? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, uh, I, I guess it's because, um, you know, when we get a chance to talk to, to Stephen Walkham and, and Colin Campbell and you understand how hard they work at trying to improve the game, um, that they're, they're trying to do the right thing and they're trying to make the game uh, more enjoyable for the fans. And, you know, the only thing that's going to bring the salary cap down is a crashing Canadian dollar and the fact that seven top revenue earners out of 30 are north of the 49th parallel. And the game is growing so fast. They have made so many right moves. Really, the only move that there are a couple of ticky-tack rules. The only thing I really don't like in the last... 11 years that the NHL has done is to institute the shootout, which is just, you know, it's a joke. It's a gimmick. I don't like it. I'd rather have a tie. But, um, no, you know, no, they're, they're, come they're on. The what? Right All right. Now Jack Edwards is back. What? <laughs> you chilled a little bit, but now you're, you're getting yeah, mad. You'd again. rather have a tie than the shootout? Yeah, I really would. I, you know, the shootout just, it, it's such an abomination, Michael. You know, it, it's like, why don't you just get the, to center ice and, and flip a coin. That's really what it is. I mean, it's just, it becomes totally a game of chance. And to have an exhibition in which a forward can la de die his way into the zone with no fear of getting knocked on his butt or having somebody <laughs> chase him down from behind, that's not hockey. That's not hockey. And, and besides, when you add that point and you're late in the season and you look at a 10th place team that's trying to gain ground and get up into 8th place, and all these teams in front of it are playing three-point games. It's it's wrong. You know, if you're going to have three-point games, you should have three points for a regulation win. So, you know, on and on we go. I just don't like this shootout. Never have. Jack, after a big win like this, I don't want to be the, the skunk at the lawn party here, but this team still has offensive problems. I mean, they scored lost in the 11 goals they gave up in Canada was the fact that they scored two. And last night, you know, even in a big win, those were kind of freakish. You know, one went off a knee, one was, you know, on, on a breakup. Um, is, is, is there help on the way? Is, is this team, without making a trade, constituted to, to, to win a playoff series? Uh, no, Jerry, and, and well, I don't know, maybe a playoff series, but, but certainly not a deep run, not, not two or more rounds. And uh, as Dale will tell you, we discussed this on the pregame last night, that this is an incomplete team. The Bruins still have not compensated for the loss of Jerome Ginla. And I'm not taking anything away from Seth Griffith, who's a very exciting young player and has a good future and is going to be a solid NHL forward and has the potential to be a star, but is not the kind of player that you look to and say, wow, that guy's going to do some damage come playoff time because he hasn't been through it yet. 
Um, that in and of itself is a huge learning experience, and it's usually a learning experience from mistakes and a lack of ability to produce the way you did in the regular season. I'm, I'm not saying that Griffith is incapable of doing it. I'm just saying that looking at this, Griffith doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to carry you into the conference final or beyond uh, as a top six right wing must. He he must be able to do that for you. And uh, and the Bruins, to to uh, not have filled the uh, Ginla hole and to get nothing back for Boychuk, uh, and it is nothing back at this point. Uh, future second-round draft choices doesn't help the Bruins at all right now. Uh, leaves them as a very incomplete team and, and not a team that is, that is uh, on paper at least, uh, prepared to go deep into the playoffs unless something supernatural happens between the pipes. All right, let me just speak on behalf of Bruins fans everywhere and express my dismay with the National Hockey League. By eliminating the dry scrape, they eliminate a great Jack Edwards soliloquy on, 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 the, night, on the night where we're going to overtime. I, I, I'm being facetious. The dry scrape drove me crazy, and thank God it's gone. Yeah, it was, it was a buzzkill, and uh, Ken Holland admitted it. He was the guy who suggested it in the first place, and he admitted that in practice that was a piece of spaghetti that did not stick against the fridge, so... You know, keep it boiling on the stove and, and keep doing something else. I, I, You remember that story when we were little kids that, that our moms and dads read to us, Mike Mulligan and the steam shovel, you know, and Mike Mulligan promises to dig the uh, uh, the, the cellar of a town hall um, with his steam shovel in, I can't remember what it was, maybe one day from sunrise to sunset, and if he doesn't, he'll do it for free. And uh, he barely beats it by a wire shot in the age of... Uh, electric uh, steam shovels and, and uh, diesel shovels coming online and stuff like that. Well, this is a victory for, for mankind over the machines because they've judged that the shovel crews can do just as good a job a lot faster than the dry scrape of the Zamboni. So, hey, it's, you know, it's good that, they're, that at least they're cleaning the surface and they're reversing ends and that they're making it faster. But you know what, you know what Dale, this is also something that um, relates uh, quite clearly to um, – uh, it, it relates quite clearly to uh, the argument about replay because one of the arguments for getting rid of the dry scrape was the delay and the drag on the tempo of the game and the uh, lowering the, the fans' enjoyment of the game. Well, you know, if you're going to have more replays, what's going to happen? You talk about a buzzkill, everybody sits around on their hands in the arena and voices their opinion about a few replays that get run on the HDX center ice scoreboard. But other than that, you know, it's just stopping the game dead in its tracks. So, you know, people who are against the dry scrape, and you can count me among them, uh, should be consistent in their argument if tempo of the game is part of that argument. Well, I have good news. You're headed for Columbus for a game on Friday. The good news is you're not headed for Buffalo. (laughs) My goodness. We got in and out of there without seeing a single flake of snow this winter. Man, did we just beat the wire, huh? They are now saying – Starting today and for the next 24 to 48 hours, uh, parts of Buffalo will get two more feet. And parts of parts of Buffalo already have six feet of snow with two more coming in. Tell, tell me a worse place to live in America. Tell me a worse place to live in, in, in North America. Tell me a worse place to live than Buffalo. I'd be hard-pressed. You can't, you can't come up with one. What's that? Bristol, Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Jack. Jack, I'll talk to you on Friday, and we'll talk to you on here next week. You bet. See, Jack Edwards, the uh, TV voice of the Boston Bruins. Jack, so brought bitter. to you by Shaw's Supermarket. So <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're already talking about a winter's worth of snow. It's not even Thanksgiving. And the one person I think we're all thinking about today is is poor Brandon Spikes. You know, remember last year he couldn't make it to a Patriots practice and he tweeted out a picture of his driveway and the the, the snow wasn't up above the tires. It didn't even reach the hubcaps. I, I got to I gotta give credit to uh, one of my tweeters who said, uh, you know, cue a Dallas Thomas right now. But what would a Dallas Thomas do with this situation? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He'd take the what season have, off. All he had to do was – in, in his case, I think it was just a surprise little – I can't even call it a winter snowstorm. It was a surprise showing uh, of a snowstorm. You know, it yeah. kind of showed for a little bit. It was like, like a, maybe 45 minutes of chaos. We're used to it here in New England, 45 minutes of chaos. And then later that day, it was, okay, it's just a sucky winter day. Uh, but a day, what would you do if you're in Buffalo? <laughs> uh, move. That's, I mean, it, it, when you could get out. Uh, there are there are places south of Buffalo that literally already have over 70, that's seven zero inches of snow. And according to an article I'm looking at in the, uh, in the Buffalo News, there will be, starting late tonight and into tomorrow, another two feet of snow in some of those places. So, so we're talking close to 100 inches in one snowstorm. The, uh, now, the people there will be like, oh, and you guys talk about 1978. <laughs> the, what? Uh, the Bills have already put out ads. They're trying to hire folks to come help them shovel out the stadium. They're supposed to play there Sunday afternoon. Uh, they're, they're hiring folks like the Patriots did here. Remember the Patriots hired people to come shovel out? And I think, if I remember right, that storm, which was a big storm, was like two to three feet. It was like 24 to 36 inches. Yeah. They've got seven feet of snow <laughs> in Buffalo. Right. Now, I know there's some people who really, you know, you have that much snow. There are all sorts of issues, a myriad of issues that are going to develop with all the snow. But I did see that some people in Buffalo were hurt and a couple lost their lives, had heart attacks. Yes. Uh, six people, I think, so far have right. died. Shoveling. Now, listen, rest in peace. But if you have four feet of snow, if the, if the forecast is four feet, four to five feet, and you have a job that is, uh, you know, not not like a pretend job like us, but like a real job, you're working for a living, and they say four feet of snow, you got you, you better expect that. Are you going anywhere? Where are you going? Yeah, even if you get the driveway shoveled. <laughs> What's out. that? Hey, you know, are you gonna you gonna shovel out a path for the mailman? Mailman's not coming. <laughs> you're gonna go see him. Like, okay, I'm gonna like let me see. He's gonna put the rubber band. On your mail, fire it over. <laughs> yeah. hey, but hey, wait, where are you going? Where? Are you, what are you? You're shoveling for what? Right. Yeah. You're, you already. You're, you're. You know what you are. You are. You're pretty much locked down. You're locked down. I hope you have uh, sufficient food in the house. You're probably not going to the store. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for you to get anywhere, unless the store is literally around the corner from you. What and, you, and what makes you think that the store owner yeah, is like shoveling the store out? Yeah, going to be able to get there either. The, uh, there was a story on it on Good Morning America this morning. The Niagara, uh, is it college? It's not University of Niagara, is it? Anyway, yeah. the college team, uh, the Niagara women's basketball team, was trapped in their bus for 27 hours. The bus got trapped on, on the interstate, couldn't move, nobody to it. 
they were they were tweeting out pictures, uh, you know, of of sub, they were subsisting on. There were like six bottles of water that the coach portioned out because you know they didn't know how long they were going to be there, and some granola bars. Twenty-seven hours on the bus before a snowplow could get to them and rescue them, and they weren't even close to the height of the storm. Okay, yet. <laughs> so twenty-seven hours on the bus was the bus. Uh, the the bus was was running though. You could you could actually start the bus. You know, I don't I don't think it was the whole time because a couple of the pictures I saw of the girls, they all had you know caps and jackets on and everything, like you know toques on that they were wearing. It looked like it was pretty cold on the bus, so I'm guessing that at times they would run it for a while and heat things up and then turn it off for a while because they they said they they had no idea how long they were going to be there. The movie the yeah. movie on the bus alive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, or uh, what was my man Wilson? What was that oh, uh, 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 Castaway. Yeah, yeah. Castaway. And by the way, if you, who do you think would have a better chance of getting rescued? The three of us, if we were trapped somewhere, or a bus filled with <laughs> female athletes? Well, I it's th- close. If we're, if we're twi- <laughs> no, if we're <laughs> tweeting out, it's going to be, all right, let those guys die. There's three openings in the afternoon show at EEI. <laughs> but, but those women have to be saved. Min- Minahan's saying, nah, don't send anybody. <laughs>